Disappointment. We can overcome disappointment. There's a story that's told. A couple of buffalo were out in the, the prairie and they're grazing and hanging out there. And, and an old cowboy rides up and he gets off of his horse and he walks over and looks at these two buffalo and he says, You have to be the ugliest, most disgusting animal God ever created. You are huge in the front. You've got all of this fur, and it's always nasty and dirty. You've got these tiny horns, and you've got this huge snout that's always slobbery and wet and nasty. And then you have this little back end that's so disproportionate to the rest of your body. You have got to be the most disgusting thing on earth. Gets back on his horse and rides off. One of the buffalo looks at the other buffalo and says... I think we have heard the discouraging words. All right? So if you know that old song, you know what that's about. They've heard the discouraging word. You know, there are often times in our life that we meet with discouragement. We meet with disappointment and, and things that can devastate us in life. I, I remember back in the 70s and 80s. Now, if you weren't old enough in the 70s and 80s, probably will not remember this, but those of you that, that were, there was a TV entertainment show called Hee Haw. How many of you remember Hee Haw? Can I say, okay, all right, so everybody here that's older remembers Hee Haw. Uh, you young ones, just listen. You're going to get a life lesson here. But uh, it was a show of old country music, and they had skits and one-liners and comedy, and it ran for over 20 years. It was quite a successful show as far as the measurement of years that it was uh, on television. And on the show, there were four guys. Two of them were the main host of the show, and then two other individuals. And they, at some point during the show, would always sing this song. And here are some of the words from this song. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, gloom, despair, and agony on me. As you think about the words to that song, and, and they would sing it with a long face and always very dry and, and kind of deadpan, uh, you know, when we look at the life of Job, one might would think that that would be his theme song, that that would be the, the song that he would echo about his life. And yet, as we look through this book, we learn how one can face discouragement and disappointment and overcome it in their life. If we look in the very first part of the book of Job, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's interesting uh, as we read and begin to see and to understand what Job is, is talking about. And uh, Job says, or the, the book of Job says in the very, begin, very beginning, first verse, first chapter, it says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, 
fearing God and turning away from evil. Now, I want you to listen to those four things because those are very important. In fact, later, God speaks about Job, and he says exactly those same four things, is that he was blameless, he was upright, he feared God, and he turned away from evil. And he had seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions, now listen to this, also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, which means if there were two yoke, that would be 1,000 oxen, 500 female donkeys, that's not including males or anything else, and very many servants, and that man was the greatest man in, of all the men of the East. That's how we first find Job. He's this great man. He has all of these things, all of these possessions that belong to him. He has a family of ten children. He has servants galore. Everything is wonderful in the life of Job. And Job is the greatest man in all of the East. But listen to what happens. One day, while his children are gathered for a celebration, a servant comes to him, first servant. And the first servant says this. Listen, uh, the Sabians attack and they killed uh, all of your oxen and all of your donkeys. They're gone. They, they killed them or either took them away. 1,500 herd of, of animals, livestock, and, and they're gone. And while this servant is still telling the events, and not only did, it take, did they take all of your, your livestock, your oxen and your donkeys, they killed all of your servants that were tending to them. Now, just think about that for just a moment. How many servants do you think it would take to tend to 1,500 head of, of some type of livestock? And so now the livestock are gone. The servants are dead and gone. And while this, this servant says, I'm the only one who lived, and I've come to tell you this, while he's still sharing these events, a second servant arrives. And the second servant says, listen, all of your sheep, there was a fire, all of your sheep, a fire from heaven came down, and 7,000 sheep are all dead. All gone. Devastated. And while he's still speaking, a third servant comes in and says, Listen, the Chaldeans attack and all of your camels, 3,000 camels and all of your servants, they're gone. They're dead. They, they've been devastated and wiped out. While he's still speaking, now remember, this didn't happen over a period of several days or several weeks or several months. While each servant is still speaking, the other servant comes in and tells what So all of this happened at one time. One devastating blow to the life of Job. And, and so the fourth servant comes in and he says, your children were gathered in the oldest son's house and they were having a celebration. And there was a great wind that came across the plains and it blew the house and the house collapsed on your children and all of your children and grandchildren and your servants, they're, they're all gone. All of them are dead. Now think about that's, that's the moment in which Job would begin to sing that song, Gloom, Despair, and Agony. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. But this is what Job says. And as we read these words, he says, Then Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he worshipped. He fell to the ground. He didn't complain. He, he didn't gripe. He didn't bellyache. He worshipped. He fell to the ground and worshipped the Lord in the midst of all of this devastating news that has come to his life. And so, then he says this, Naked, I came from my mother's womb. 
and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all of this, Job did not blame God or sin against God. All of this devastation, all of this bad news, all of this tragedy surrounding him, and yet not one time did he blame God. Not one time did did he begin to bellyache or complain or sin against God. But he continued steadfast in his faith and his belief and his trust in the Lord. Then we know that, that his body began to be attacked with boils. And the Scripture says that the boils were from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Do you understand what they're trying to communicate? There is no way that you can get in a comfortable position whatsoever. That no matter what you do, whether you're standing or, or lying or sitting or on one side or this side, that there are boils all over your body and every place that you move, every place that you try to get comfort or relief or, or something, there's just there's nothing there. And, and in the midst of that, we find Job worshiping the Lord, saying, listen, blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all of this, he was faithful. He was determined to, to be faithful to the Lord. And, and in this world, John chapter 16 says, you will have trouble. Now, I don't imagine any of us will face that kind of trouble. But in this world, we will have trouble. There are going to be challenging days. There are going to be difficult times. There will be times that we go through the valley of life, if you would, and in that valley we will be disappointed and we will be discouraged. And so the first thing that I want us to notice today is this, is what can be the source of disappointment and discouragement? Well, as I look at the Scripture... And, and I read this story, it really comes down to one thing. Disappointment and discouragement comes through loss. When we lose things in life. And as we look at the life of Job, he lost a lot of things. And in the midst of that loss, we would think that there would be disappointment and discouragement. He lost his possessions. He lost his position. He lost his power. He lost his popularity. He lost relationships with his friends. He lost his future, everything that he had worked for, all of his hard work. He lost family, and he even lost his own health. And in the midst of all of that loss, when we lose, we become disappointed. When we lose, we become discouraged. And maybe for us, it's possessions. Maybe it's a a job that we thought was the perfect job for us. And that's where we plan to be for a long, long time. And suddenly we lose that job. Maybe it's a friend that we thought was really a good friend. And through circumstances and situations, we lose that friend. Maybe it's a loved one that was vitally important to us in our life. And and we lose that loved one. Maybe it's, it's our own health things that we used to be able to do we can no longer do and we struggle with the disappointment and we struggle with discouragement because this old body doesn't do what it used to do and I can't act the way that I used to act and and accomplish what I used to accomplish in life and on and on the list can go about the things that we lose in life and when we lose those things 
we're faced with disappointment, discouragement in our life. And so the question is, how do we respond? How do we overcome? Most of the time, we choose one of two things. The first is this, we choose to become bitter and hard. We look at Job and his friends and his wife, if you read through the rest of the book of Job, at one point his wife looks him in the eyes and she says, are you still holding to your faith and your belief in God? Why don't you curse him and die and just be done with this? She was bitter. Her heart had been hardened because she had lost her children too. She had lost her possessions too. She saw her husband in great pain and suffering and and difficulty. and, And she had allowed that to cause her heart to be bitter. She had allowed that to cause her heart to be hardened against God. And she told her husband, just curse God and be done with this miserable life. Sometimes that's where we find ourselves. When we have loss in our life, we become bitter. Our heart becomes hardened. We, we become angry and unhappy with where we are and what has happened in life. Job's friends come to him and say exactly the same thing. They tell him to curse God. They tell him to give up. They, they tell him there, there's no future in moving on. I wonder if there have been times in your life, in my life, that we felt that way. That we felt, hey, just throw in the towel. There's no future. There's no hope. There's, there's nothing good in the future. Everything is gone. We've been devastated. We've been destroyed. We, we've been attacked from without and from within. And we become bitter and hard-hearted and angry toward God. The other response is this. It's the response that Job chose. And it's a response to overcome. It's a response to, to take the the situations, the experiences, and grow in those situations and mature in those situations and allow them to make us stronger in life. You see, Job realized and understood that all sunshine and no rain makes for a dry and devastating desert. Job understood that we cannot have mountaintops without valleys. Job accepted the good in life with a grateful spirit And now he would try to endure the bad in life with a gracious spirit. He didn't give up. He didn't surrender to bitterness and hard-heartedness and anger. But he continued steadfast in his belief and faith and trust in the Lord. Now listen, there there were times that, that he was discouraged. There were times that he was disappointed. But he didn't allow those things to devastate him in his life. Look, if you, if you would, if you're there in the book of Job, we're going to turn on over quite a few pages, and, and I want us to look at verse 42, or chapter 42, beginning in verse 1. And if you have your Bibles open to the book of Job, just flip on over there with me. We're going to come back and forth a little bit as we study today. But, uh, but Job chapter 42, and uh, I want us to begin reading in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do all things, and that no purpose of thine can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear now 
and I will speak. I will ask thee, and do thou instruct me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees thee. Therefore I retract, and I repent in dust and ashes. There, there was a time, as Job went through this, that he struggled. There was a time that he, he had doubts and he had disappointment and discouragement and, and who can blame him? But he didn't surrender to those things to allow his heart to be hardened. He didn't surrender to those thoughts to allow his, his mind to become bitter toward God or angry toward God. He continued steadfast and we come here near the end of the book and, and he says, God, I repent. I'm so sorry that I, I allowed those thoughts in my heart. I, I'm so sorry that, that I allowed myself to think more of me than I should. And so I want us to see then today how we can overcome disappointment by the pattern which Job has given us. And, and this is what we can learn from him. We must, must learn to pick up the pieces and to start anew rather than fail and, and fall on the pieces under the pressure and, and the loss that we experience. And so the first thing is how we view God. Job never stopped believing in God. In fact, as you read through the book of Job in these chapters, <coughs> excuse me, the word Almighty, defining God, describing who He is, the word Almighty is used more in the book of Job than all the rest of the Bible combined together. Job never lost sight that God was God Almighty. He never lost sight that he was in charge and that he was the ruler of the universe and that all things are subject to him. We must recognize who God is and the nature of God and the character of God. We must know with confidence that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And so how we view God, how we look at him in relationship to the things that happen in life, do we blame God? Do we shake our finger at God in anger and disappointment? Do we become bitter and hard-hearted toward God because of our circumstance or situation? Or do we continue to view God for who God is? Do we continue to look at Him for the Almighty that He is? The Creator of the universe and the, the moving force and power behind all things that are living. Job continued. To recognize God as the Almighty. The second thing is this, how we view ourselves. How do we look at us? We need to recognize that Job was not perfect. And there were uh, are, are places in Job, if you pick up after about the third or fourth chapter, all the way to later on, uh, there, there are times that Job laments his life. There, there's a point at which Job says, I, I wish I could go back to the day that I was born and that day had never happened. I mean, he was there. He was struggling. He wasn't perfect, but, but he continued to believe in God. He continued to trust in God. Chapter 38, verses 1 through 3. Listen to this. This is such a powerful statement, an exchange between Job and God. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now, gird up your loins like a man. And I will ask you, and you answer me. That's a powerful statement. God is communicating with Job, and Job is lamenting uh, his, his position in life, the circumstances in which he finds himself. And Job is spouting off. 
he, he's kind of letting off some steam, and he's talking about this thing and that thing. That's why in 42 we find him and, and where he says he repents in, in, in ashes, and, and he is saying, God, I, I'm sorry that I did that. God, God I, I'm sorry that I spouted off and I talked about things I didn't even have any knowledge of. And so here God challenges Job, and God says, hey, Job, if you think you're so smart, if you think you're so knowledgeable, if you think you're so intelligent, he says, let me ask you this. He says, I'm going to ask you some questions, and you respond to me. You, you instruct me if you're so smart. And listen to what he said. This is a beautiful, it, it, it's a little bit scathing, but it's a beautiful passage of Scripture. Chapter 38. We were in 42 there a moment ago. Just roll back just a few chapters to chapter 38. And the Lord, I begin in first verse, And the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. So God says, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions, and you tell me what it's all about. And this is how he begins. Hey, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? If you're so smart, if you know everything, if you're so knowledgeable, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line on it if you know? Oh, on what were the bases uh, base sunk? And who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who enclosed the sea with doors? When the bursting forth it went out from the, the womb, when I made a cloud its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it, and I set a bolt in the doors, and I said, Thus far you shall come, but no further. And here shall your proud waves stop. You hear those words? God says, Hey, Job, you're so smart. You have so much understanding. You're so wise in your understanding of life. He says, Tell you what, I'm going to ask you some questions, and you teach me about some things. And God says, Hey, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? But where were you when the stars were placed in the heavens? And where were you when the clouds were scattered in the sky? Where were you when there was a foundation laid and there was a cornerstone that was, was placed? Where were you when that happened? Hey, Job, what about the sea? So, so who is it that has laid a border to the sea? And who is it says to the sea, See, this is as far as you can go and no further. Who is it that says you have these wonderful and powerful waves and yet there are restrictions placed on you? Job, tell me all about that if you could. So what God is saying is, Job, remember who you are. Remember who I am. Have a proper view and an understanding of you and your life. And sometimes we get to thinking that we are so important. We get to thinking that we are so significant. That God owes us something or, or we deserve something in life. And God says, hey, Joe, wait a minute. Let's have a little conversation. Who do you really think you are? How powerful and important do you really think you are? And that's where we follow then in chapter 42. And Job says, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was an idiot. I, I was acting like I was somebody important. I was acting like I had some wisdom or knowledge or understanding of life. And he said, I spoke of things I had no idea what I was talking about. Can you please forgive me? He repented because he got full of himself. He, 
he got to thinking he was somebody important or something that he wasn't. And so God said, hey, hey, wait a minute, Job. Let's put everything in perspective. And that's the final thing this morning. If we want to overcome disappointment, it's the view of the things we lose. How important are the things that we lose? How significant are the things that, that come as loss in life? Job faced a lot of loss. He had a lot of possessions. He had a lot of servants. And he had a large family. He lost all of that, including his health. And yet, we have to keep the proper perspective of those things. Because that's exactly what they are. They're just things. They're things that are here today and gone tomorrow. And the only thing that really lasts is our Lord and our relationship with Him. And so if we can keep a a proper view of God, and we can keep a proper view of ourselves, and we can keep a proper perspective of the things that we may lose in life, then I believe we stand a great chance of overcoming the disappointments and the discouragements that we face in life. Job came, and and when he faced this disappointment, Job says this, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. In the midst of all of this, Job said, I know. In the midst of all of this, Job said, I I know that he is still the almighty and the all-powerful, and the day will come that he will stand upon this earth, and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and acknowledge that he is Lord. Keeping a proper view of God, keeping a proper view of ourselves, and keeping a proper view of the possessions or things, even our own life, that we may lose in this life. And so I want to encourage you this morning that we can overcome disappointment. We can overcome discouragement. We can be victorious in this life if we keep the proper view of God and ourselves and our possessions, if we understand Him and who He is. You read the rest of the book of Job, you'll discover that because Job was faithful and Job didn't turn bitter, and he didn't turn angry, and he didn't have a hardened heart, and he didn't turn from God, God later blessed Job. The Scripture says that he gave him twofold everything that he had lost. He gave him back everything that was missing. He gave him back children. He gave him back family. He lived another 140 years to be able to enjoy the fruits of all that came to him. And why did those things come? Not because he deserved it. Not because he'd earned it but because he understood who God was and he understood who he was and he put those possessions and things in the proper perspective in life and God said, here's a man who is what? Blameless, upright, fears God and turns away from evil. And because that's the way Job lived his life, God was able to bless him again many times over. And so we can't overcome disappointment. We can overcome discouragement in life by simply following the biblical example of Job, the principles that he taught us as he faced discouragement and disappointment in his life. This morning we're going to offer an invitation here. And as always, the invitation is time for us to, to invite you to make decisions about your life. Maybe you've gotten some things out of perspective. and Maybe you're lamenting and Maybe you've allowed your heart to become hard. Maybe you're a little bit bitter toward God about something you've lost in your life. And today's the day that you say, you know what, I'm done with that. 
I'm not going to live in that bitterness. I'm not going to live in that hard-heartedness. I'm not going to live in that anger any longer. doesn't matter what it is. I know who God is. I know who I am. I know what those possessions are, those things are. And, and I know that God, my Redeemer, liveth. And He will see me through this. Maybe today's the day you need to come and stand before others and just say, Hey, I, I want to let go of those things today, and I want to stand for the Lord. Perhaps today you don't need to come forward. You need to go away. Spend some time in prayer and in the Word, seeking God, saying, God, help me change my heart, my mind, my thoughts. Help me to be more of what you've called me to be. Help me to be blameless, upright, fearing you, and turning away from evil in my life. If you have a decision to make, won't you come this morning as we stand?